arts news from around the area. Welcome to the Creative Cafe, sponsored by the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo, promoting and supporting the arts, arts organizations, and artists throughout Greater Kalamazoo on 590 and 106.9 FM WKZO. And a good Saturday morning. Thank you very much for joining us again. 63 degrees in Kalamazoo at WKZO. Of course, this morning's edition of Creative Cafe brought to you by the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo, taking an inside look at the art scene here in the Kalamazoo area into those folks who are, of course, making a difference in the arts world. Joining us this morning is Eric Oliphant for the, today's edition of Creative Cafe. Good morning, and thanks for tuning in to the Creative Cafe presented by the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo on September 17th. It's a beautiful Saturday morning. Um, we're starting off this morning in the Creative Cafe with a This Day in History. I'm going to go over some really cool art things that happened in history. Um, in 1923, September, 20, uh, September 17th, uh, Hank Williams was born. Um, in 1934, the record company RCA, they actually released the very first version of the 33 and a third RPM recording, um, which is in like record terminology. Um, you have 45s and 78s, but the modern day version of that is the LP, which stands for long playing version. They released Beethoven's Fifth Symphony um, performed by the Philadelphia Orchestra, and it actually was a huge flop. Nobody cared about the 33 and a third RPM records. They wanted the quality to be higher. They didn't care that you could have more music on it. Um, so it, it, the venture failed. Um, but luckily, um, in 1948, 14 years later, uh, another record company, Columbia reintroduced the 33 and a third recordings and, uh, it caught on. And that's what our modern day, uh, vinyl records are, uh, typically, uh, 1946, uh, gypsy lady opens at the century theater in New York and plays for 79 performances. Uh, if the shoe fits also opens and plays for 20 performances, uh, 1951, Borscht Capades opens at the Royal Theater in New York City for 90 performances. Uh, this is a very popular book. In 1954, Lord of the Flies by William Golding is published by Faber and Faber in London. Uh, kind of standard reading material for your high school student. Uh, 1957, the proxy wedding of Sophia Loren and producer, producer Carlo Ponti was conducted by two lawyers in Juarez, Mexico. Um, 1961, Car 54, Where Are You, premieres on U.S. TV, and also Samuel Beckett's Happy Days premieres in New York City. This is a good one. 1964, the Beatles are paid a then record $150,000 to perform a concert in Kansas. And on the same day in 1964, the Supremes released their song Baby Love. Uh, a few years later, in 1976, uh, Beatles-adjacent um, Ringo Starr releases Ringo's Rotogravue, uh new album. Um, in 1980, the film Divine Madness, starring Bette Midler, debuts. 1990, the Newspaper Guild votes 242 to 35 to keep publishing the New York Post, thankfully. And then this is a good one. In 1992, Frank Zappa conducted his last public appearance in frankfurt germany and he received a 20-minute standing ovation after that performance that was the last time we ever saw him perform and then in 2003 uh smashing pumpkins frontman billy corgan prevents presents his poetry at the art institute of chicago and in 2010 the documentary film who is harry nilson and why is everybody talking about him is released theatrically 
we also have some really great events coming up this week. Um, and uh, forward, uh, the Kalamazoo State Theater is doing another session of their State on the Street. This one's presented by Cureleaf with special guest DJ Mel V. This is uh, kind of like a welcome back to students from K College, KVCC, and WMU. Um, this happens right on the mall downtown. The patio and bar open at 5, and the live music begins at 5.30. Um, they'll have drink specials and more. And uh, it goes all the way until 8.30 p.m. This is Friday, September 23rd, um, coming up in just a little bit here. We also have on the September 23rd a exhibition opening celebration for unmasking masculinity for the 21st century at the Kalamazoo Institute of the Arts. Um, this is a free celebration, uh, 5.30 to 6.15 p.m. Um, the celebration is open to all, and then the reception starts at 5 or. And then the gallery is open, I'm sorry, at 6.15. We also have uh, Arts Council member Steve Kammerling. Uh, he performs Fridays at Brick and Brine, so he'll be um, performing that evening. Uh, Steve is performs everything from jazz standards to pop tunes um, on an archtop guitar with vocals. And then we have one of our final concerts of the season, Friday in the Flats um, in the city of Portage. That's September 23rd, uh, Jack Dastily and the Psycho Acoustics. And lastly, I wanted to give a shout out to our Arts Council members, the Gilmore. They're finally able to hold the Herbie Hancock concert. This is happening at Shenry Auditorium. This is Friday, September 23rd at 7.30 p.m. Uh, tickets have been on sale uh, and if you know Herbie Hancock's music, you do not want to miss this. Uh, fun fact, Justin Tyson will be joining him on drums. Is one of my favorite drummers of all time. So um, just after this break here, we'll be back and I will be uh, talking to um, our guests for today's Creative Cafe. So hang tight. Are you a student, artist, musician, actor, theater technician, producer, or director? Are you new to the art scene in Kalamazoo County? Or maybe you've been an artistic mainstay in the community for years. No matter what discipline you engage in or how experienced you are, the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo has resources for you. Becoming a member provides an avenue to connect with your peers, access to grants and sponsorship resources, as well as free promotional tools to get the word out about you and your work. Membership is open to students, individuals, and organizations. There's even a special pricing for educational institutions. To find out more about becoming a member of the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo, go to their website at kalamazooarts.org and click the Membership tab. That's kalamazooarts.org and click the Membership tab. You won't be sorry. This message provided by the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo. You're listening to The Creative Cafe, sponsored by the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo on 590 and 106.9 FM WKZO. And we are back with our second segment of The Creative Cafe this morning, Saturday, September 17th. Um, I'm really excited because I am featuring one of our upcoming events um, that the Arts Council is producing. Uh, it is our time for the September Artist Happy Hour, which is taking place on Thursday, September 29th at 5.30 p.m. And we, uh, this month, are going to be on the campus of Western Michigan University in the Richmond Center for Visual Arts. Um, I'm really excited about the topic for this month. It's a panelist discussion, and we're going to be talking about neurodiversity and mental health in the arts. Um, the panelist discussion begins at 6 p.m., and uh, the event... 
uh, starts at 5.30. We are featuring uh, several panelists, um, including Jonathan Weinberg, Austin Rounds, and Ishmael Klein. We will be discussing resources for artists in Kalamazoo and beyond and learning about our panelists, their journeys, and where they are today, and then what's next for them. Um, our guest this morning talking about herself and this event is one of those panelists, Ish. Uh, she is a published poet and playwright. She founded the Connecticut River Valley Poets Theater, which recently just transitioned into the uh, Kalamazoo Anthology Poets Theater. Good morning, Ish. How are you doing today? I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for being here. Uh, our traditional first question for Creative Cafe is, what is your favorite morning beverage? Coffee. Coffee? Do you like it any particular way? Oh, it's a lot of milk and sugar. A lot of milk and sugar. Yeah, yeah. so it's not so much like coffee. <laughs> it's like coffee. <laughs> yeah. It's caffeine. Dis coffee disguised as something a little bit more sweet and delicious. <laughs> See, I'm kind of the opposite. I'm a black coffee fan, but I'm also uh, getting into adding some cream and stuff to um, some like iced coffee and things like that. It's, oh, yeah. it's a treat every once in a while for me. <laughs> Well, okay, so tell me a little bit about um, your upbringing and educational background. You went to Columbia University in New York in the Iowa Writers Workshop, is that correct? That is correct, yes. What, what, how was that experience for you? How did you end up in Columbia? I had a teacher in high school who went there, and he was a very inspiring fellow. Um, Theodore Roosevelt Friend was his name. He taught history, Okay. and uh, that, that guided my decision um, being uh, from New York, mm -hmm. it it was close. Very you know? cool. And also, you get a bit of a break when you're when you go to a school in your own state. Sure, definitely. So so that was positive. Um, and while I was at Columbia, I had the good fortune to have um, poet Kenneth Koch as a teacher, mm -hmm. and he's he was a marvelous human being. I feel lucky about that um, because in high school my like my thing was writing poems mm -hmm. and I continued that. I think that's probably why I got into a good school mm -hmm. because it, it's it, at the time this is this is back in '88. It, it was kind of cutthroat a little bit sure. and and being on Long Island, so you kind of like. Everybody was like, well, you got to be well-rounded, yes. you know, so study yeah. all the time. And, and one thing that you have to kind of stand out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, so, was, you, so you took uh, being in New York and the cutthroatness, and then you ended up in Iowa, which is kind of maybe considered the opposite sort of uh, as far as a location, <laughs> a little bit more chill and relaxed. Yeah, it it, it was. People in – well, I had never been to the Midwest before, and I had met people from the Midwest, and they were, like, extraordinarily nice. <laughs> yes, yeah. And, and – but uh, the, the Iowa Writers' Workshop was also – pretty good you know i i really liked when bob perlman came to teach oh, cool. he's a language poet mm -hmm. and he's still out there and mm -hmm. he's great uh and um yeah you know that i have nothing bad to say about it sure. you know it's sure. two, two years where all you have to do is write and i got a little bit of teaching yeah. experience very cool very cool so you have kind of a diverse background in your education um and then you ended up in chicago and did some voiceover work uh, at Theater Y, and then you did uh, voiceover work at Penguin Random House Audio. Is that correct? Well, Kelly Link um, asked if I would read one of her stories oh, cool. for um, Kelly Link wrote "Get in Trouble," okay. which is in a, a, um, a book of short stories. Mm -hmm. She's an extraordinary writer, mm -hmm. um, and she w at the time we were living in. Um, Amherst, Massachusetts, and okay. Kelly was living um, nearby 
and I guess she knew that. Well, like when I guess I've lived in many different places. Like sure. when I lived in Philadelphia, for instance, I got a lot of gigs mm-hmm. doing this or that, like dressing up like a tomato and standing on a plate, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Like literally, yeah, right. And and uh, and, I, and it was great. Yeah. You know, it paid well. Um, and uh, I felt lucky to get it. And I guess she must have known somehow that I did that kind of stuff. And she, she she's widely read, mm-hmm. so it's possible she read my poems. And um, that's how I got that. Got kind of that hookup. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. I did, um, in kind of researching some of your work, uh, you had some uh, kind of, I would call them shorts or like little uh, plays, one act things that you've been uploading to YouTube since 2009. I really enjoyed uh, the one called Success. It was about Mr. Clyde, a bear that leaves his lover to make it into the business world. So uh did your poetry easily transition into kind of doing theater and shorts and little things like that? Or oh, did not easily not transition easily. <laughs> at all. Well, the funny thing about it, well, you see, because, um, you know, having had experience teaching, I kind of knew that teaching wasn't something that I was um, good at. It would take a long time. And, I, it, it was, you know, like the neurodivergent thing kind of plays into this. It's just a little bit difficult. Sure. You know, diff- difficult to read many people at once. Sure. You know, get the room feel. When when it's when you know when when you have to focus on them, mm-hmm. you know, be, because they are the the student is the most important thing in a class. Sure. Right? Yes. Yeah. But as anyway, uh, transition. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I, I knew I couldn't make. Well, it took a long time to figure out that I couldn't make a living at just as a poet. Sure. You know, and there was a book called. Um, Feature films at used car prices. Okay, yeah, very cool. Do you know this book? Uh, no, I don't, but that's a great title. Oh, it's a that. great book. <laughs> yeah. It was with the digital film revolution. Okay. And I thought, well, I'll be a filmmaker, you know. Sure. Because that, that way, I, all I have to do is make a movie. At the time, Clerks yes, was, yep, like, yep. skyrocketing. Yeah, and it, it was, like, super put, low budget. Yeah, 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 super low budget, and it wasn't the best script. So I thought, I've got a chance. Yeah. But... You know, that guy was probably much better at networking. <laughs> well, because well, so, he's still around doing his thing. And writing, so writing scripts, you've kept with that kind of throughout a lot of your stuff in your background. You ended up um, back on the East Coast at some point and founded the Connecticut River Valley Poets Theater. And you did. I, uh, I'm sorry for interrupting, no, but I am not the only founder of that theater. Stella, Stella Corso, mm-hmm, poet, mm-hmm. and um, Greg Purcell were the other. Fi- fi- we, we all three founded it together. Gotcha. It like, so co founded. Yeah. Yep, I yeah. co founded. Very cool. And you did a bunch of plays there, which uh, you were the author of. Is that correct? That is correct. And then also during the pandemic, I really enjoyed your YouTube series called The Problems Show. Did you see it? Yes, I did. Oh, that's so nice of you. Yeah. So that that was a little like short uh, kind of interview segment where you'd ask your guests to... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, five minutes to describe what your problem is today. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it was, the idea was that it's like, okay, this is an outlet. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's like, well, sometimes people have problems mm-hmm. and nobody's listening. Mm-hmm. But the thing about the problem show is that people will always be listening, at least one, right. but probably two. Right. And very often other people at the time of yeah. the person, you know, because it was live on Zoom and then we put it on YouTube. Gotcha. But what I found out, and and I and I and I thought, you know, a very very slim segment of the population is going to want to actually talk about their problems. <laughs> sure, but I yeah. felt like, but for that population, it's there. Well, but, and also I yeah. think during the pandemic, we were all kind of separated from each other, so we didn't have our usual outlets of like maybe seeing a friend and just saying, "Hey, how's it going?" So you were kind of providing a little fun 
uh, way to say, how's it going? But like, really tell me in five minutes, like what's going on with you? How, how are things going not so well or whatever? Sure, that was the dream. Yeah. That yeah. was the dream. And, and I think a lot of the problems were, were um, uh, well met. Yes. You know, yeah. we, we listened, we heard, we tried to, you Very know, cool. No, there. yeah, I, lo- I loved that creative idea. Now, um, as we mentioned, you are a published uh, poet. You have a couple of uh, releases that are out full-length poetry books, one of which we're going to hear a little um, piece from called The New Sun Time. But I did want to mention, so you're in Kalamazoo now. You moved here with your partner, Greg. Um, and so you've kind of transitioned that theater company from um, Massachusetts to the Anthology Poets Theater in Kalamazoo. And you talk about, and you're going to talk about a lot more um, at our panel, kind of the idea is uh, by and for neurodivergent artists. Is that correct? Sure. Yes. I'm neurodivergent. Um, Greg is not, and Mel is not. Okay. Um, the, uh, Mel and Greg are, are my other, um, are the other people who are involved. Sure. But all the plays will be written probably by me who is neurodivergent. Very cool. Um. And yes, it's it's by and for, and um, and that that that's the main thing. But it's not exclusive too. Sure. That that that's kind of important to mm-hmm. me because I don't want anybody to feel like this doesn't relate to them. It, it's it's absolutely it absolutely is for everyone. Sure. Now, can you just real quickly kind of um, summarize? Do you think having your neurodivergent lens on, in this case, theater, um, does that? something that you always prioritize as a perspective that you want to write about? Or is it kind of just like, can you talk a little bit about the relationship to being neurodivergent and also creating art in this world? Absolutely. Well, um, I, di- I didn't really see other work that that had the problems of work, mm-hmm. you know, like the just basic things like mm-hmm. getting by mm-hmm. um, and just kind of like, Kind of warping after being misunderstood, mm-hmm. so uh, so um, routinely, sure. you know. Uh, but um, I mean, it just kind of—I mean, everybody thinks they're normal. I sure. mean, I, I, oh, I can't say everybody, but I will say um, it was a bit of a surprise for me to find out that I was not um, a, a neurotypical. Sure, you know that was and. And it's helpful to know, yeah. Because then you don't make assumptions, sure. You know that other people are seeing things the way you're seeing things, sure. But um, if there was any indicator, it would be in the difficulty of of managing in the workplace, you gotcha. know. Because like yeah. work's a reality. I, yes. I'd say it's like you know, love and work. Those are the two big things. Mm-hmm. And um, just learning kind of that there are some accommodations that can be helped that are for in our neurotypical world that neurodivergent people might find really helpful and things like that yeah yeah and and to kind of realize that like you like better not go to a place where um you're expected to be neurotypical sure yeah (laughs) that's just gonna cause problems yes yeah Yeah. no i did want to have just a little bit um just a quick recap and then you're going to read a piece from your um book here the new sun time we are uh, continuing this conversation on thursday september 29th at 5 30 and this is at the richmond center it's free to attend but i do want you to register just so we know how many people to uh, expect because i'm going to get some food and drinks for everybody um and ish will be on that panel talking further about her experience as a theater artist poet and just awesome person in Kalamazoo. Um, but I did want to introduce, um, so she's going to read a piece 
called You, mm-hmm. and this is from uh, her uh, book, The New Sun Time. So I'll just have you go ahead and take it away. Oh, sure thing. Um, it's a, it's just a, the letter U being the short, the being the symbol for uranium. <clears throat> U. In this one, the botulistic cans and glowing dials. What were they doing with so much arsenic? And why are all these good bicycles here? Did they have no room? A homeopath on sepia fights the falling uteruses, says, I'll get them back. Most of the uterus is sick of him. They know. A precious necklace rings heart and breast. A peach can and its label on the beach made it. Some act in migrations among matter. We see a show where nice people are pushed too far. Pushed too far? On a moving train, a faith based in uranium. At the dinner party, one gets a lighting by the big necklace. It's better to be in the light. The necklace says the dump has particles who can penetrate any place. By place, the necklace means people. The necklace seems happy about that. Word has it, a heart hangs under its perimeter. A lot of what she says feels like a test, like, for instance, what part of you is beauty for me? Very, very, very great. Thank you so much, Ish, for joining us this morning. And uh, we'll see you at the panel discussion at Artist Happy Hour. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for taking the time this morning to join us at the Creative Cafe. Summer is almost over, but the arts are still growing strong. Whether it's a live outdoor concert, a riveting piece of theater, or a beautiful ballet, Kalamazoo has everything you'd want in an arts and culture scene. In fact, arts and culture have always been a cornerstone of what makes Kalamazoo a great place to work and live. As a service organization, the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo has been proud to serve Kalamazoo since 1966. And they're still here serving artist organizations and connecting artists to our community. If you want to know what's happening in the local arts scene, please visit the website kalamazooarts.org and click on the calendar to plan on your next experience. That's kalamazooarts.org and help amplify the arts in our community. Now you know. Please join us next week for another installment of the Creative Cafe, brought to you by the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo. Thank you for tuning in to this morning's edition of Creative Cafe, a presentation of the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo. Make sure you join us again next Saturday morning, same time, first half of the 8 o'clock hour, following the news for Creative Cafe. 